0: Twitter handle, at Religion of Woke, all one word. So there's a theory that, you know, this opioid crisis, all these um, overdoses, extra overdoses we've had in the last five, ten years, are not really overdoses. They're suicides. You know, I mean, not every one of them, but, you know, maybe people are, they don't care if they die, and they're playing fast and loose with uh, their fentanyl or whatever. And I don't know if this is true. I can't remember where I heard that, but... I don't know, it sounded reasonable to me, but... I guess no one's brought it up since then, so... I guess it ain't true, but boy, it sure sounded reasonable. Okay, Tommy. Here's the new uh, heroin we got. It might have a bunch of fentanyl in it. We don't know. No one's tried it yet. Just give me that stuff. I don't care if I live or die. Just give it to me. So, I was looking at some CDC data, and... It was the number of excess deaths for 2020 um, broken down by category. So excess deaths is it's a good way to look at you know the what's the real result of COVID because you know sometimes you know maybe maybe you're about to die in three months and you get COVID and you die right there. You know is that really a COVID death? You were about to die anyways? So what you do is you see, you know, how many extra deaths happen in general, and then you can try and put it towards COVID. And that should, you know, that should uh, get rid of the cases where you would have died anyways. But the funny thing for 2020 is that excess deaths, extra deaths are up. I mean, yeah, COVID, but all across the board, pretty much. So, okay, so anyway, so 2020 has... 500,000 extra deaths compared to um, the years before. it. I think it's like 3.3 million, whereas like every year before that was about 2.8. Like, you know, 2.7, 2.8, right in there. It was pretty consistent before 2020. So we got this extra 500,000 deaths, but it's not all COVID. According to the CDC, it's 350,000. Covid deaths, so that's you know that's it. so there you go, you get three hundred fifty thousand more than you know you would normally have, but it's also a hundred fifty thousand of other stuff. I think a few of the big ones were like heart disease, strokes, dementia, and uh, accidental deaths. Like you know, and I don't know, I don't know what caused these. Maybe like the strokes and stuff. Like I think you know when Covid was hitting early, like hospitals were like shutting down. They're like you can't come in for other stuff. We're getting ready for COVID, I think. And then in a lot of places, right, COVID never struck. The ICUs didn't get full, but they were turning people away. And so maybe the medical ones were caused by that stuff. I mean, I don't know. And then accidental deaths. I mean, like, you know, what what, what, what was different about 2020? You got, uh, you got the lockdowns. You got the BLM riots. I don't think that, that ain't going to add up to that much. But uh, you got the lockdowns. Or, you know, here's a conspiracy theory. Wearing a mask kills people with dementia. I guess, so what's the point? Well, something we did in 2020 killed 150,000 people. Could it be that, you know, like, we don't know how many lives were saved by the lockdowns and whatnot. You know, social distancing, masks. I don't, you know, I don't know how that, I don't know exactly how, I guess, you know, lockdowns. Lockdowns could maybe kill a bunch of people. You, like, lose your job, you... Die of dementia? That ain't right. Anyways, something we did caused an extra 150,000 deaths. Which would then make you wonder, like, how many deaths were saved by the lockdowns? And, you know, if the lockdowns caused 150,000 deaths, did they save more than 150,000 deaths of COVID? And let's say they saved exactly 150,000 deaths. Well, then, was it good to have a lockdown if you end up with the same number of people dying? Well, anyways, I guess I'll be curious to hear what the answer is. So me and a buddy, we like to do Zoom calls, you know, and whatever, chat, you know, leftover from the leftover from social distancing in the pandemic time, you know, maybe do it on a Saturday night. And while we do it, my buddy will put up uh, the screen of his computer, you know, so if we're talking about something, we can look, you know, look it up on the internet or whatever. And I'm pretty good at computers, so, you know, maybe we're doing a search, you know, a Google search, and I know how to use, like, quotes and minus signs and other things to, you know, really dial in your search term, or whatever. We'll just be, you know, we'll be doing something on the computer, and it, what it'll be is me telling my buddy, hey, do this, you know, type this in or click on that. And he'll do it wrong, and it will get me riled up, like... No, don't click on that, you fool. Only a fool would click on that. Click on that other thing. Which then gets him crazy riled up, and he'll be like, "M Effer, what you're watching is 30 seconds old. I clicked on the thing you're talking about. Quit yelling at me. And then I'm like, quit yelling at me. So I came up with a rule that hasn't worked out, but my rule is, if the other person is yelling at you and you don't want to hear it, you just mute them. But the problem is, it's really easy for me to mute him. But when he's in control of the computer, he's got to go click, click, click or something to mute me. So it doesn't work out quite so good. And it gets pretty serious. Sometimes it's like, our 30-year friendship is over. That's it. Anyways, we're okay. But it made me think. Say you somehow had a camera on, I don't know, on the street or in a bar or something. And you're watching it. You're watching what's happening there. And there's a 30 second delay and then, you know, someone, there's a couple people maybe arguing and one of them pulls out a knife and stabs the other person. You know, at that point, you know, if I'm watching that, I'm going to be freaking out. And, you know, someone else might be like, chill, dude, that happened 30 seconds ago. I mean, maybe the person getting stabbed takes away the knife and stabs the other person right back. I mean, you don't know what's going on. Chill out. I guess it's just funny how the human brain works. I was thinking about the Bill Clinton impeachment. Uh, He had sex outside his marriage and then somehow he was being questioned and they were able to ask him about that and he lied and he said he didn't have sex outside his marriage. And so they impeached him and I think ultimately like about 70% of America agreed that this impeachment was BS. So that impeachment brought people together. We weren't as polarized back then. And, you know, every president does things that are bad. It's just a bad job. You know, like, you know, what, what's the worst thing in the world? Well, to kill innocent people. So every president gives orders that kills innocent people. So ain't no president perfect. But uh, then I started thinking about the Trump impeachments. And, you know, I can barely remember what the first impeachment was about. It was something to do with Russia... I mean, he talked to Ukraine guys like, hey, maybe go investigate uh, Hunter Biden. I think that's it. I don't know. Colluding with Russia. I don't know. And then I guess the second one, right, he's like the election. He was saying the election was stolen, which is kind of funny because he said he said his other election was stolen. The one where he won against Hillary. He said that one wasn't right. Anyway, so just every election that he's in, he says it ain't right. He would have won by a million more or he would have won. Anyway, so he said the election was stolen, and uh, then he gave a speech that was like, we got to fight like hell, and also, be very peaceful. He likes to contradict himself, kind of, or whatever. He's slippery that way, and I don't even think it's on purpose. (laughs) And so obviously the votes were not there to impeach him in either case, and this is not going to be charitable, but I think both those impeachments, what they really were, they were just a thing so that People with Trump derangement syndrome could watch some political porn and jack off to it. Oh, Trump's so bad. Oh, he talked to the Russians. Oh, democracy has been destroyed. America will never be uh, 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 the same again. Ah, I need a cigarette. And just to remind people, I'm not a Trump supporter. I just hate wokeness and I hate Trump derangement syndrome. So I decided to give the PBS NewsHour Weekend Edition podcast a try. I haven't been able to listen to them for, I don't know, a year or something. But I was like, you know, what's going on with them? And whatever, it's some sort of George Floyd anniversary, which I was like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to the till they say the first false thing and then I'm gonna turn it off. But you know what? I decided to keep going. So they say a bunch of stuff, you know, about a racial reckoning. But then they actually start asking a guy who lives in Minneapolis, like, what's up? How is that city over the past year? And so the Minneapolis Police Department, I guess it used to be 880 cops, uh, so one-third of them are gone now. The city is seeing a humongous spike in crime. So the guy says those two things in a row, and he says, yeah, you know, and then critics will say, oh, those two things have nothing to do with each other. But anyways, this guy ain't saying that. So that was interesting, I think. I think PBS NewsHour, you know, six months ago, they'd be like, oh yeah, nothing to do, nothing to see here. Anyways, like the the city of Minneapolis has some sort of bylaws or constitution or whatever, and it it says you have to have a certain number of cops. And so there's, uh, I guess in November, there's going to be a ballot initiative or whatever to take that clause out of it. So you can have, I guess, as few cops as you want. And right now, polling is people don't want to do that. You know, people think that like like for instance, black people, you know, they don't want to defund the police. You know, basically, it's like super woke white people are the ones who want to defund the police. And I don't know, I don't know how many super woke white people there are in Minneapolis, but apparently, it's not quite enough to uh, really get that sucker defunded. And so the guy goes on to describe a little bit I guess the north side of Chicago that's where black min- minneapolisans live anyway that's where all the problems are But to end the uh, interview the guys like can you tell us some you know can you tell us one good thing that's happened from all this And the answer was they got a bunch of nice murals out of it lots of good art So the PBS news hour continues and they get a uh, african-american studies professor from yale to talk about police reform and i'm always very interested to hear about you know what do you want and so whatever he isn't like here's what we want but he kind of you know you can kind of you can kind of get what's wanted from what he's saying so i'll give you a few of the things that people want so the ending of low-level traffic enforcement i don't know if that's like parking tickets uh, and then uh, the prosecution of low-level traffic violations. Boy, parking tickets—what could possibly go wrong? Although I'll say, if you don't need like new tags on your car, I'm all for that. I don't like paying hundreds of dollars every year or two to get new tags. That'd be fine. And those those things were that was uh, Berkeley, California, and Baltimore, Maryland, and then uh, Ithaca, New York, has completely dissolved their police force, and they're replacing it with. I'm sure a bunch of the same cops are going to be working for it. But anyway, some new structure organization thing. And more than half of the people are going to be unarmed. I guess that's, that's one of the things they want. And they're not going to send armed people to, I guess, what are considered to be uh, nonviolent or maybe unarmed uh, crime scenes. They must not be talking about domestic violence stuff, because those are where cops get killed the most. So, must be other stuff. Then the interviewer makes a good point that Berkeley and Ithaca are super nice college towns, both of them. Thinking about the parking tickets, there's no way that they're going to stop at that part of it. I mean, otherwise you just get an RV and go to like the richest street in the richest city in America, and you have the equivalent of a $2 million condo. But the guy did have some possibly good ideas. Um, One of them was uh, when a cop stops someone, they write down why they stopped this person before they go talk to him. And that seems to keep the cops more honest and lead to uh, less violence in the stops. The other thing he said was, you know, why are cops sent to where homeless people are? You know, these homeless people, they don't need someone with a gun, they need four walls and a roof but anyways that's easy to say you know america has no clue how to solve its homeless problem so whatever they give it to the cops you got no clue how to solve it send a cop but uh you still have no clue how to solve it when you don't send a cop so i don't know anyways that one probably not going to work